Claudine Hemingway is a descendant of famed writer Ernest Hemingway. We bumped into each other at a party and decided to team up and dive deep into French history, but with a twist, by bringing a spotlight to those lesser-known creatives in France. This is History with a Hemingway. Welcome back to Paris History Avec a Hemingway. I'm back with Claudine, and today we're just recording the second half of Affordable Paris Ways to Save You Money on Your Next Trip. I'm sure you guys love learning these tips, and I'll let Claudine take it from here. Yeah, there are so many things that you could do that it doesn't have to be expensive. Like we said last week, you know, everybody, you know, especially when I would first visit all the time, people would be like, it's so expensive, isn't it? And I'm like, well, it can be, but it doesn't have to be at all because there's lots of super great things you could do for free or things you could do for a lot less money. Um, today, we're going to talk more about the fun things that you could do when it comes to art and museums and music. Uh, but one thing we'll start to talk about first is food. And one of the big things is that the big difference, especially right now, because if you have been in the U.S. anytime recently and went to a grocery store, which has been quite a while for me, um, but it is insanely expensive in the U.S. to go to the grocery store. And here they have it on the news all the time about the inflation and how bad the inflation is here. But when you go to the grocery store here, like I could go any day and get two bottles of wine, French cheese, Saucy salt, all of this stuff, and it's like 18 euros. Yeah, it's really affordable. Very affordable. In the US, you go get those things and don't even, you know, don't even think about getting them that they're actual French items because then you're gonna, you know, quadruple the price. But even just getting like American wine, American cheese, things like that, it's still like a fortune. Yeah, and it's not even as good. (laughs) <laughs> no, definitely not as good, especially if it is the French cheese. Um, don't, you know, you get it there, you're going to spend like seven times, eight times the amount of money that it would cost here. And it won't be as good because they put all the chemicals in it to get into the United States. Have to pasteurize everything. Got to pasteurize it. But that's a really good way. Another good way is there's days that, you know, you could go and easily spend a fortune for lunch. You could go and have like a hundred euro per person lunch or 60 euros. But you could also go to your, you know, local boulangerie and get a jambon beurre, which is just a baguette with ham and butter on it. Or even add it when they have like Conte on it, which is the best or Emmental. Um, That and you could get those sandwiches for like three euros. Yeah, really the bakery... When I first moved here my first year, I had no money and I just lived in the bakery. <laughs> like there was, It was the only way to eat affordably and live here full time. Yeah, I mean, they'll a lot of times have like salads and things like that, like that, um, the bakery Paul, which is a chain. They actually have these really great salads that I think are like only six euros. And they have one, the one I really like is called Salad Paul. And it's like lettuce and it has like sliced um, chicken in it. And then it just has like some croutons and stuff. And then you get it with like a vinaigrette dressing and it's really good. Yeah, no, it's definitely super good for being like a chain pastry bakery. Yeah. Place. Like their bread is yeah. really good. And yeah, definitely. If you want to just have a picnic or just eat on the go, like the bakery is so good and affordable. It is. And there's, you know, you can't really go wrong with baguette, but, you know, baguettes and croissants. But, you know, once you live here, you rarely eat croissants. Yeah, that's very true. I have one about once a month. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can't remember. I think I had one maybe last week, but before that, it was weeks and weeks ago. And I used to, when I'd visit, I think I'd go every day because I was like, you know, I'm only here for this amount of time. I need to be croissant every single day. And now it's like, oh yeah, I never really do that. (laughs) Yeah, you adjust. (laughs) 
Yeah, but the great thing for doing, you know, if there is a nicer restaurant that you want to go to, go for lunch. Um, because lunch, you're going to have the same great food. You might have smaller portions. And a lot of times they have the pre-fix. So it could be, you know, two courses for like 28 euros or all three courses, like a starter plot, which is your, you know, American's entree. Here in entree is your first course. Um, and then on dessert, and you could get that some places like Willie's Wine Bar. It's only like 32 euros for lunch and it's fantastic. Yeah, the formula is so good. And like you said, it's always cheaper at lunch, like dinner, they double the price for some reason. But lunch, I mean, I've had great three course meals for 20 euros, 20. I've been at Michelin places, 30 euros. I mean, it's it's so, so good. And it's like small portions. So you're not like overstopped afterwards. And there's just such a good deal. And it's so great. And it's also like, especially if you're here visiting and you're just go, 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 go. And you're like all morning, you're on your feet and you're walking and you're, you know, in a museum all morning. Then it's always great because then you go sit down for like two and a half hours and it's like, okay, then I, I would always do that when I was visiting. And then I'd be like, all right, now I'm going to stand up and I'm ready to go again. Exactly. It's a nice little break in your day. Yeah. And the bathrooms, because always uh, people would always ask me, like, what about if you have to go to the bathroom? And I'm like, I've never had an issue with that because that's when I always stop for like coffee, lunch or wine. I'm like, oh, I need to use the restroom. I'll just go use that cafe and have a coffee. And I tell people, too, if they need like a nice bathroom quickly, just pop into like a brasserie. You can go up to the counter. Don't sit down. Go up to the cafe counter. The coffee's half the price when you stand at the counter buy an espresso. It costs like one euro and then you can use the bathroom and nobody will question you. No, or go to the fancy hotels and just make sure you walk in there. Like, you know what you're doing. And I would always tell people, if you go into a cafe, when you walk into the cafe, just instantly scan your eyes very quickly. The bathroom is usually going to be upstairs or downstairs. If you find a bathroom on the same floor as the main floor of the restaurant, it's like a jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> but usually just kind of co- scroll your eyes up and down quickly wherever you see the stairs. That's usually where the restroom is. And if you look like you know where you're going, nobody's going to talk to you, especially if the cafe is super busy. Yeah, definitely. You can sneak in if you just act like you own the place. Yeah, just act like that's basically and that. Maybe bring a clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> Speak English. You anytime you have a clipboard with you, you know, from my old days as an event planner, it always meant business. Like you could get into any door as long as you have a clipboard. But it is a great way. I mean, I don't you know, it's funny now that you, you know, I tell people living here is very different from visiting here. You know, there's no more of the days of like, what shall I do today? Where shall I go? And I'm going to sit here for lunch. It's usually sometimes, you know, grab a sandwich, you know, eat it really fast in 20 minutes I have at home and then on to my next thing. Exactly. It's just like everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. So, um, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's, you know, you got, but we also live in the greatest, most beautiful place in the world. Very true. And have access to all those delicious croissants oh. and affordable pastry, <laughs> delicious things as well. So, you know, there is great things about living here too, but you can get them on vacation as well. Yeah. Enjoy them all while you're on vacation. So now the fun stuff. So the things that I love. So when you come to Paris, you know, you could, as I believe everybody should do is go to the Louvre. Um, 
when I hear, when people tell me when I'm talking to planning clients, I'm like, yeah, we've been, we don't need to go. It's literally like somebody stabbing me in the heart, but you know, <laughs> I get over it. Um, you know, the Louvre itself is daunting and massive. And so that's why a lot of people don't want to do it, but you know, there's great ways to see it. Um, uh, but you could also go into the churches of Paris and you could go and see the paint, some of the paintings of the greatest French masters for absolutely free. Oh, I think that a lot of people don't know this. No. <laughs> they should take so, advantage of this. Yeah. So one of the ones that I love, and this is over in the seventh arrondissement, it's the Neo-Byzantine Church. It's the Saint-Francois-Xavier. Saint um, from the outside, it's not the most interesting facade. It is just down the street from Les Invalides, very close to that. Um, but definitely go in there. When you go in there, you kind of have to ask to see this painting. But one of the greatest pieces by the Italian painter of the Venetian school, Tintoretto, is in there. And it's the Last Supper by Tintoretto. It was an image he painted many times, referring to it along the way. Unlike Leonardo da Vinci's version, um, Tintoretto um, did this one. And it's the it's known in France. And it's he decided to gather the apostles around a square table instead of the long table. And it gives you a perspective that you're looking at them gathered from a hinted, hidden vantage point. The gift to the church in 1905, it's been hanging there in the wedding sacristy. So most of the time it's not open to the public, but if you just ask somebody, they will take you in there and show it to you. And it's pretty amazing. And free. And free. And he, Tintoretto, is hanging in the Louvre. He's also hanging in the worst room to go in the Louvre, which is where the Mona Lisa is. But, you know, brave it anyway and go see his other paintings. Um, another one that is just off the Boulevard Saint-Germain, the Latin Quarter, is Saint-Nicolas de Chardonnay. Um, this one's a treasure trove of art. You have Charles Le Bronze, 1962, the martyrdom of Saint-Jean, Saint the evangelist, is striking with a departure from the usual way the saint is depicted. The painting shows the saint being lifted um, by a rope towards the vat of boiling oil while the executioner blows on the fire below to really get it going okay. um just humanized the saint for the first time by showing his full body and gave the painting movement and life and it's done by charles lebron and charles lebron is actually buried in that church as well what it's full circle again i know it's full circle he's right there as well you could go over and see the painting you go over and say you know have a little moment with him and saying thank you for <laughs> you did including design in versailles um of course my main man that we love Eugène Delacroix. He is in three churches. Um, there he is, of course, at Saint-Sulpice. Um, but there's some other churches that aren't as well known. He's often overlooked in the bustling Marais at the Saint-Denis de Sacrement church. It's a, uh, just up the street, um, kind of from the busiest part of the Marais. But it is a small church. And when you go in there, it's around the corner. It's the scene of the Pieta depicts the body of Christ in the arms of the Virgin after he's pulled down from the cross. It was painted directly on the wall of the Saint-Jean-Vieve Chapel. That's just, if you go in the door, take a hard right as soon as you go in the door and around the corner, you'll see it. He used really bright colors on it and it's inspired by a painting that is actually in the Louvre as well. Um, if you go down the Rue de Turin a little bit um, and to the Rue Saint-Antoine, um, right before it turns into uh, Rue de Rivoli, the Italian French Gothic church with its beautiful red door that is um, the Saint-Paul Saint-Louis. There's another Delacroix in there, and it's at the transept on the left when you walk in, and it's Christ in the um, Jardin des Olivets. 
It was painted 1824, and it shows why he is a master of romanticism. Um, and it shows Christ being pushing back the three angels that are hanging their heads in sadness, which is a slight change from the printed word. It was um, his kind of liberal use of the biblical text and the changing of the story um, that he would continue kind of through all out throughout his pieces. Of course, if you want to see him, you go to Sansu Peace. And that is where the first chapel in there on the right um, has the three stories of angels. Um, you have Jacob wrestling the angel on the left. You have Heliodor driven from the temple and up above St. Michael. And he did those as frescoes. The two on the side, he did those as frescoes on the wall. And what he did is he did it a little bit different because he added wax in with the plaster and the paint. And because he did that, it adhered to the wall better and kept the colors more vibrant, which is something nobody had really done before that. I love that. Once again, this is all free and just waiting to be visited. Yeah. And it, it's like you could pretty much go through just about any church um, in Paris because the churches, because the Catholic Church had so much money, they were, you know, commissioning these artists to do these huge pieces. I mean, you go into Saint-Germain-des-Prés, you could go into Saint-Étienne-du-Mont, you could go into any of the churches pretty much and you will find some fantastic um, art because they really were kind of the first museums. They really were. And I mean, still today, they're like museums and Maybe even more so because I feel like a lot of people just go to them like tourist attractions at this point. Yeah. I mean, definitely like Sansu Peace. And while we wait for Notre Dame to open um, in 13, less than 13 months now on December 8th of 2024, it is, you know, once that reopens and you have the the collection of the Les May in there and I cannot wait um, to see. And those you again have, you know, Le Sur, you have um, LeBron, you have some of these amazing French artists that you can see at all these places for free. Yeah, I mean, you got to take advantage of this stuff when you're here. And like you you say, Claudine, if you're overwhelmed by the lube, like walk into one of these churches, a lot of them are empty. Yeah, a lot of them are empty, especially first thing in the morning. I recently went into San Sulpice at like, I don't know, I think it was like nine o'clock in the morning and we were the only people in there. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so another thing, if you want to go see some more art, there's of course galleries, there's galleries all over the city, um, in, on the left bank, uh, the Rue de Seine is filled with one gallery after another. And of course you can walk into those anytime and they're free. Um, that's going to be sometimes more contemporary art. Um, uh, but there's quite a few, um, between, uh, Saint-Germain towards going towards the Musée d'Orsay. There's also tons of antique stores and in there you could also find art that you would normally you could see that you know is worthy of hanging in the Louvre hanging in these shops for you for free and they don't mind you coming in you know definitely look like you're you know don't just walk in and snap a picture and walk away like walk in and look like you have intention to really look at stuff um but you could find some really cool things and again free I love that we're giving away all our secrets. You guys got to take advantage of all these. I know, we'll get all the secrets here. Yeah, but when it comes to museums, you can still go see some of the museums in Paris and you can go for free. There is the um, Paris Museums, which is a circuit of quite a few museums. And these are absolutely free all the time. Some of them, if they have a special exhibit, they will have a ticket, but usually it's only like six or seven euros. The Carnivalet, which is a city of Paris museum, which is amazing, which just reopened. I think it's been two years now. Um, that one's amazing. That one's free. And um, if they do have, there's a new exhibit right now about the region 
Regency um, during Louis XIV, and there's a cost to go see that ex exhibition, but the rest of it's free. The Petit Palais, one of the, our favorites, we love that one. Free um, the Victor Hugo that's at the uh, Place des Vosges. There's the Cognage, which is very close in the Marais. And they have an exhibit right now that's all about pastels, and that one is free. There's the Musée Bordel, which is in uh, Montparnasse. The Musée Balzac, which is in a house that he used to live. It's very small. It's probably like, you know, if you're only here for a week and you want to, like, rank all these things, you could probably save it unless you're a huge Balzac fan. <laughs> but I went one time, like, yeah, okay, that's it. I saw it. It's very small. You go into a room, you see his desk. You're like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, but the they uh, Modern, which is over towards the Trocadero, that one's free. Um, the Zadikin, uh, the Musée de la Vie de la Romantique, which is one that we love that's up um, in the ninth. The Liberation Museum, the Galliera, which is the fashion museum. Um, pretty much they kind of are only driven by special exhibits. So those have a ticket. So kind of it kind of is a slippery slope on that one being a free museum. Uh, but also you could go see pretty much most of the museums in Paris on the very first Sunday of the month for free. Um, some of them, like the Orsay and the Orangerie, you need to schedule a ticket in advance and you do it on their website and you click, you know, the date and it's going to be for zero dollars. But you need to physically have a time slot. Um, the Louvre does not do the first Sunday, but they do the first Friday night. So after 530 you could go in for free. You could just scroll right in. You don't have to have a special ticket because I just looked at what December was. Um, but you could go see all those. If you're coming here and you don't love huge crowds, pay the ticket and go a different day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> because uh, last, I think it was the first Sunday in October and I've been meaning to get the orangery and go see the Modigliani exhibit and i was like oh cool i have time sunday morning i'm gonna go do that and i got there and i was like why is there such a long line this is weird oh, and i God. went in and i had my pass and the guy's like you don't need that it's free and i was like "Ugh!" <laughs> <laughs> and i almost left because it does you know it does come with very very large crowds and for me it's hard to really enjoy the art or like research and make notes that i like to do when there's a ton of people yeah, I think nobody enjoys a crowded museum. <laughs> no, but if you want to save money and you're coming here and, you know, you've got a family and you've got six people, it's a great way to do it. Um, yeah. Also, most almost all of the museums, if you're under 18, you're for, it's free. Some of them, like the Louvre, you still have to have a ticket for that member of the family. And when you go to buy your tickets, there's an option that says under 18. If I think it's under 24 for the EU, um, if you, you know, if you are European, um, but you do. And then, but for the Orsay, you don't. So if you go and have a family of five and three of them are kids, you just need the two tickets. You don't need um, three tick free tickets. They don't have that on there and they don't ask you that so it's every one of them is different yeah it does take a little bit of research sometimes when you're looking for the freebie stuff because the rules change a little bit by museum the rules change all the time but you know <laughs> it's still pretty good they also most of them they don't do that free first sunday of the month for free in the summer so june july and august you don't have that option um so if you're coming keep that in mind as well um and so also if you you know you're into art but maybe you also want to see some music there's tons of music all over the city for free. You'll get more of it in the summertime. But at this time of the year, you've got organ concerts in the churches all the time. Sometimes it's just right 
after their Sunday church service gets out. San Germán de Prey does organ ser- um, services all the time. But most of these churches, especially right now, they are doing all these concerts and they usually do rehearsal that afternoon before. And so there's been times I've been giving a tour, walking around, you know, San Supi, San Germán de Prey. And we walk in and we could sit there for 20 minutes and listen to their rehearsal, what they're going to do that night. And it's gorgeous. Yeah, that's really cool. I never really thought about that, watching the rehearsals. Yeah, I mean, it's so pretty. I mean, of course, it's a little different because they stop and maybe they work on something. Uh, but I walked into San Supis the other day and I was like, oh, it just was so pretty. The churches also do concerts and those you could get for tickets, you know, anywhere from five to 15 euros. Uh, they're doing a lot of the candlelight ones. And if you're going to be here for Christmas, definitely go see some of those. We went the other night to, or la- I think it was last week, to a candlelight tick a concert on the Eiffel Tower. That's so cool. And it was classical and opera. What? That sounds amazing. Yeah. And I think that, t- well, the tickets, I think were like, I think they were more like 40 euros, but it was like, come on, it's on the Eiffel Tower and it was opera and it was stunning. So where do you find your tickets? Um, I found them online and the next time they're doing them on the Eiffel Tower is not till Christmas Eve and they do them every night that week. Um, some of the days are doing them twice um, and I could find the link and put it on my website for this um, episode. But, you know, those are ones, but it's also kind of like, what better option do you have to be up on the, you know, Eiffel Tower? And it was dark. It was at night and we were sitting there and I looked up and I was like, oh, look. And all of a sudden the whole entire Eiffel Tower was sparkling. That's really magical. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty magical. When we were coming down, I was freezing, but <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It was really, really cold. Um, but then another thing to do when you're here, even if it's this time of the year, is to walk every place because just the the city of Paris itself, just walking down the street is like walking through a museum. You know, walk down the street, take your time, look up at the buildings. You know, the style of the architecture, the the um, plaques that are on the walls that are telling you stories of people that used to live there. There's so many great things you could see. And that's the best way, like we talked last week, of seeing the city because you could get around so well. Or even take some of those many episodes we've done of neighborhood walks where you could just take that with you and give yourself a little free tour. Exactly. Listen to us on the go on the go. I mean, I have listened to our own podcast on the go when I've had to go do a tour that I haven't done in months. And then I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> I've talked about this this woman in French history on the podcast before. I'll just listen to myself <laughs> as to, you know, brush up on what I need to say. A little refresher. A little refresher. Exactly. Well, I think there's so many things to do in the city and whether you want to spend a little bit of money, no money, a lot of money, there are options for everybody. So don't get sucked into this vacuum of Paris is too expensive because it's just not true. It's not true at all. And there's so many things, you know, of course they could book a tour with me. They could book a photo shoot with you because what else, what other reasons would you have to have a better way to capture what you did than with some pictures? Yes. And learning as you go one-on-one with Claudine, you know, she's the best historian tour guide in Paris. So don't forget about us on your next trip and make sure you tune in next week and check out ClaudineHemingway.com for more information and those links so you can buy your tickets and have the best time possible in Paris. 
Thanks for listening today, guys. If you're interested in learning more about Claudine, her tours, history, and the beautiful photographs that she posts all over Instagram, tune into her website, claudinehemingway.com.